rock and roll, hip hop, you know, lifestyles require aggression. They require uh, testosterone. They require uh, I don't give a attitude. And when you reach a certain age, you know, you have to kind of embrace the fact that you really do give a you know. And so it's kind of hard sometimes to rationalize your own place in this where you know it's a youth-driven movement, but I'm not so much of a youth anymore. What's up, y'all? This is Tim Einekel. Welcome to the library. What you just heard was a scene from a new documentary called Adult Rappers by Paul Inacino. In the film, Paul explores what happens to rappers when they simply grow up, when a boy becomes a man, when a girl becomes a woman. How do they continue to stay relevant? He interviews people like Master Ace, R.A. the Rugged Man, Slug, J-Zone, Blueprint, and the list goes on. I sat down with Paul a few weeks ago and asked him what reaction did he get when he first approached people about the project. Two things happen. People that we reach out to either go, I'm not interested, you know, I'm not an adult rapper. Because they are, you know, in their minds, the connotation is like that you're over the hill. And that's not really the point. So the other side of it, um, the really positive side, is you get a lot of heads that say, wow, thank you, it's about time. And um, and that comes from rappers and fans alike. And I think that's why there's a lot of chatter around this idea now. Um, and, and it's lucky for us. Because, um, you know, with films and stuff it's or an album, it's so much about timing. And like you said, I think the timing is right. I think there's a lot of people, there's a lot of us sort of Gen Xers that are in a stage in their lives where they're like questioning if it's okay that they're still so into, quote, our friend J-Zone. Like, is it still okay that you, that you, you know, are cruising in your car bumping Tim Dog tapes? <laughs> we all have our varying degrees of that <clears throat> that experience, so... I think you're right. I mean, I think we tapped into something that people are eager to to talk about, and it's also in a time when there's just so many. There's so many rappers. So I want to go back. You uh, you mentioned that people did not want to be labeled as a, an adult rapper. Is that the same connotation that people you know, feel when um, you try to label them as a political rapper? Um, that's a good question. I think I think there's. When people have, you know, it's easier now for me when I was first approaching people. <clears throat> the, um, I think the title comes off as a little, you know, it can come off as a, as a negative and as a little like, you know, tongue in cheek and cute. Um, I mean, that's by design. But without anything to support it, that you know, it can feel risky to someone who's like, I don't know what sort of light they're going to shine on me and, and my career. And now that we have a, we've got some material in the can and we cut the trailer, it's a lot easier of a sell for people that feel the same way. Um, but it's a double-edged sword. Like I said, yeah, there are some people that feel like um, even though they are in their late 30s and early 40s, that that is not a label they want anywhere near them. They just, you know, um, and I think that's inherent in the music. We talk about it a lot. In the film, it's a youth music. It always has been. It's a youth-driven music. Um, but now we're in a time where there's so many guys that have really vibrant, you know, artistic, um, they're in a really great place creatively, so why would they stop making their art? I totally understand that. So, 
it's it raises the question of is there going to be sort of a separation generationally you know is there this music that's made for grown folks that's hip hop you know and I think someone like Killer Mike is is talking about some of those things um, certainly Chuck you know people that it's more about the message but you know there's there's music that's made for kids there always will be um, and I just think hip hop is having a little bit of an identity crisis because it's struggling with that generational gap so Paul how do you see hip hop moving forward do you think there's a new genre of hip hop in the works What's the state of hip-hop right now? I think the music, you know, I always go back to this idea that the music is just so young. I mean, it's certainly one of the, along with jazz, you know, one of the few truly American genres of music, and it's the youngest. So it's it's too early to tell. Um, but I think what we're seeing happening is there's a lot of guys and girls and people that are, just so passionate about this this brand of music and and being an artist that they're exploring new avenues with their art and it's not going to be I think what's happening is you're seeing more and more people that just rhyming over a beat doesn't do it for them anymore and the same goes for the audience you know it's like okay we had a lot of people that tried to sort of do you know like nouveau boom bap era stuff and try to reinvent that and um, and I, you know, I'm not going to hate on that, but there's a lot of people that that's not a, it's not enough for them, you know. So there's other people I think like the LPs of the world that are pushing the music forward into places that you wouldn't, you know, um, a lot of people wouldn't probably dare to go. Uh, Lewis Logic is another great example. He's in the film, and I, I saw his show and I was blown away by the things that. He's incorporated um, into his show that, you know, 10 years ago, people would have laughed the guy off stage. And he admits that, you know, but it just wasn't enough for him anymore to just get up there and and spit the the 12 inches that everybody knows, you know, and, and tell people when to put their hands or up or not, <laughs> you know. Like he's, he's like, I just, it wasn't enough for me. So the guy... Uh, like retreated from music and and studied theory and learned the piano and it's really interesting to see cats like that who are certainly like very well known as kind of punchline battle dudes um explore all these new avenues musically i think you're going to see more and more of that in your film adult rappers you speak to 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 many many people i mean you speak to blockhead you speak to uh, dj s1 J-Zone. So I'm just wondering, who had the toughest story in terms of, you know, once being relevant, now totally off the map? Are all of them still rapping? What other careers have they fallen into? Um, any heartbreaking stories? You know, what did you get into with them? Yeah, I mean, we've... Unfortunately, there's a lot of those stories that I haven't even had the heart to, to kind of touch. And some of them are people that we know very closely. And it just... Um, I think it could make for some great film, for sure. But I, I don't. I just it makes me feel not right about going after some of those really tough stories. Um, and you know maybe our film will suffer, but I just think it hits a little too close to home and feels a little um, opportunistic. So we've kind of steered away from the really hard luck stuff. Um, that being said, there's a lot of guys, and the 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 main one um, that we've come across is J Zone. And by way of, I met him after we started in like the second or third round of interviews, 
and his he was just getting ready to to release his book. So I met him and I interviewed him and, and really loved him and he was super honest and but he was in a place where he was like I'm you know I had my time and I'm done with this rap and I'm moving on. And then I read his book and it was I mean it was it was another one of those kind of watershed moments that his book parallels so many of the themes that we talk about in the film. So I really continued to build with him because his story has really sort of stuck out as the the prominent one to tie everybody else to because he came to this place you know a lot of people um up and down the echelon you know the ladder of 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 hip-hop fame no j-zone he tells a great story about being backstage with um with CeeLo and danger mouse and them kind of shaking their heads like how come people need to know who you are it's crazy that people don't know you you know and he's like are you telling me you're CeeLo <laughs> like so um you know and he he quit and walked away completely and he's got some really some some really amazing stories about what what that really looks like for an artist that's got you know giant stacks of product that are sitting in a warehouse and you get a phone call and the warehouse says you either got to come pick this stuff up or we're destroying it so you have to you need to sign on the dotted line to say you're okay with us incinerating this stuff i mean that is for a musician, that's got to be like watching somebody kill your kids, you know? Um, and that is the kind of stuff that he was very eager to share, and he was the one who really was like, um, I want to help demystify all this stuff because people need to know what a quote-unquote career in the in the music business and a career as a rapper really means. Um, and it ends. It ends for most guys. What's the best way uh, our listeners could uh, follow what you're doing? Uh, you know, keep up to date when uh, with the uh, with the film, and you know, show their support. You can. I'm I'm pretty avid on Twitter. Uh, my handle is uh, Paul made this Paul with a W, um, and uh, the Kickstarter as well for people that supported the film. I I continue to update on Kickstarter um, because obviously we wouldn't have gotten this far without those folks. So I try to um, keep them in the loop. But Twitter's definitely the place where I'm uh, sort of most social, ironically. It's hard to see how people transition now. I remember when I used to talk to people older than me that I've been doing it longer, they seemed very jaded and very bitter. And I never wanted to do that. Like, I just remember telling myself when I was like 21 or 22, I'm like, don't ever become that jaded, bitter old rapper that's like, these young kids suck. Like, I never wanted to become that. And so that, I, I constantly remind myself of that now, and when I listen to hip-hop from kids that are a generation, you know, that weren't even born in 1990, when I listen to hip-hop from kids that weren't even born in 1990, I literally have to remind myself that, you know, their uh, KRS, or their LL, or their Big Daddy Kane is literally like Lil Wayne, Eminem, Jay, and you have to remind yourself that that's not their fault. It's when they were born, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, because for every, you know, for every aspect of the art that they might not have mastered, they have something else mastered way stronger than I do. So it's like, I really like to listen to kids now that are young in context of their experience in hip-hop, as opposed to trying to impose my, and trying to impose my you know, old, kind of like jaded, you know, old, you know, ah, we know more about it than you. Like, I used to hate it when people did that to me. I really did, because I was a newbie once, and I hated it when people did that to me, so I never want to do that to the kids coming up.